Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church, building faith and friendship. The Bible reading is from Luke chapter 8 and verses 1 to 15. After this, Jesus travelled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who'd been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, it was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on rock, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that, though seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. They do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. Well, we're continuing our series through uh, entitled The Parables Jesus Told. Those parables, those pointed stories, those stories that make a point that Jesus told in Luke's gospel. And today we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 8 and verses 1 to 15, where Jesus tells the parable about the sower and the soil. Now, in order to get the context, we find the context for this parable in the first three verses, in verses 1 to 3. And it says, after this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him. And also some woman who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases, Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. Okay, so Jesus is traveling from town to town with his disciples. This obviously includes the twelve those 12 uh, specially close friends of Jesus who Jesus was specifically training up and developing and preparing for future ministry after he left. But it also included a lot of other disciples, including women. And, and Luke specifically mentions three, Mary, Magdalene, Joanna, and Susanna. And these women 
weren't, they, they were followers of Jesus, they were on the road with Jesus, they were even financially supporting Jesus. Now that's significant. In fact, that's, that's shocking within that day. Uh, because rabbis did not have women as disciples. It, it was simply unheard of within Judaism of that day. Uh, rabbis, they, they wouldn't teach women because they considered women to be inferior. So Jesus is shattering social norms. By Jesus allowing these women to be his disciples, by allowing them to travel with him, Jesus is raising women up to a position of equality. Jesus is, is showing that all people are equal in the kingdom of God. That's part of the good news of the kingdom of God. In God's kingdom, everyone is equal, everyone is included, everyone is welcomed, everyone is invited. And Jesus is going around from village to village proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. What exactly is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is the realm where God's will is done. Anywhere where God's will is being done, that's the kingdom of God. Uh, that's why we pray in the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And the good news that Jesus is proclaiming is that He is the Messiah. He is the King that is bringing God's kingdom to earth so that God's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Jesus is inviting people to follow him. He is inviting people to enter into the kingdom of God. Okay, that's great. That's great. Everyone loves that except for one problem. Jesus is inviting everyone. <laughs> He's even inviting the wrong people. He's inviting women. He's inviting outcasts, the, the sinners and the tax collectors. He's even inviting foreigners, non-Jews. And so the Jewish religious guys aren't happy. As far as they're concerned, only they should be invited to the party, not all this riffraff. And so they reject Jesus. Other people are rejecting Jesus because he's not the king they hoped for. They were hoping for a powerful military leader who would simply click his fingers and all of the world's problems would simply disappear. All of your problems would just disappear. I mean, let's be honest, that's the kind of king we want. This idea of, of following a humble king who asks us to deny ourselves, to, uh, to love your enemy, to be prepared to suffer and face persecution, well, that's less appealing. So they rejected him. They rejected Jesus as well. And then we read in verse 4. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. Jesus is starting to get a mixed response from the crowd. Some people love him. Others haven't made their mind up yet. And yet others ridicule him and criticize him. And Jesus knows this. 
And so, he, drawing from a very familiar sight, a man sowing seed in the field, Jesus tells the parable about the sower and the soil. And within this parable, Jesus is the sower, and the seed is the word of God. It's his message. It's his, the message about the good news of the kingdom of God, the, the good news about Jesus. Now, this farmer is a crazy farmer. I don't know if you noticed that. I mean, he's not, he's not a good farmer, is he? He's just scattering seed everywhere. On the rocks, on the weeds, on the path. He's just scattering it everywhere. I mean, it's a crazy way to farm. It's absurd. But that's God for you. He's absurd. He's he's crazy with love. He loves everyone. He invites everyone. He wants everyone to be part of his kingdom. And so he scatters it everywhere. Now the parable is essentially about the reception or the non-reception of Jesus. And this is illustrated by the different types of soil. So you have the hard-packed soil on the path. You have the shallow soil on the rocky ground. You have the soil with thorns. And then lastly, you have the fertile, the good soil that produces much fruit. And the reason Jesus is telling this parable is he's trying to, he's he's allowing the crowd to discover the truth for themselves. To allowing them to discover how they respond. Which, Which soil do they identify? Is Jesus describing me there? What soil am I? And as we go through the parable, you should be asking yourself the same question. Which soil am I? How do I respond to Jesus? So firstly, the hard-packed soil, the hard heart. We read in Luke chapter 8 and verse 5, the farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell on the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Fields in those days were long strips and next to the strips of field was a path, a hard path that was walked on frequently. If the seed fell on the path, it wouldn't be able to penetrate the soil and therefore was nothing more than food for the birds. And Jesus likens this to a person with a hard heart. And we read in in verse 12, those along the path are the ones who hear and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. So the problem over here is that the devil comes and takes the word of God away from their heart. But the reason the devil is able to do that is because our heart is hard. We can't blame the devil. We can't say, oh, the reason I rejected Jesus is because the devil came and stole the word from my heart. No, that's like blaming the birds for eating the seed. It's because the soil was too hard that the seeds couldn't penetrate, that the birds were able to eat the seed. It's because our hearts are hard that the devil is able to take away what was sown. But what does it mean? What does it mean to have a hard heart? It means the message of Jesus never penetrates your heart. It never penetrates your heart. You hear the message. You hear the good news. You understand it. It makes sense. Logically, uh, theoretically, you understand it. It's all head knowledge, but it never penetrates your heart. When I was young, I heard the good news about Jesus many times. I understood it. I I knew all about it, but it never penetrated my heart. And therefore, I rejected it. My heart 
was hard. Why do we have a hard heart? Why do we have a hard heart? Well, sometimes it's simply because we are cynical and skeptical. We are suspicious. We live in such a skeptical and cynical world. Sometimes it's because of disappointment and unanswered prayer. Why hasn't God answered my prayer the way I want? Sometimes it's because of false expectations. We, we, we expect, well, if there is a God, then, then surely God would have made all these problems disappear. All these problems in my life should have, would have gone. Many of the Jews in Jesus' day expected that about Jesus. They expected him to come and to sort out everything. But the kingdom of God comes like a seed. Subtly, gently, organically. And slowly it changes you from the inside out. And so often we have these false expectations. And when God doesn't live up to our expectations, our hearts become hard. Sometimes it's because we've been let down and hurt by the church. We've been let down and hurt by Christians. And so our heart becomes hard. We don't just reject that particular Christian or that particular church. We reject Jesus. Because our heart has become hard. Do you have a hard heart? Are you that hard-packed soil? Secondly, the shallow soil, the shallow heart. Jesus says in verse 6, Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. So it's describing this, this, it's a very thin layer of soil that is above an underlying shelf of limestone rock. And because a seed is in such shallow soil, it germinates very quickly because the ground heats up so quickly. But when it sends down its root in search of moisture, in search of nourishment, all it finds is rock. And because it has no nourishment, no moisture, the plant becomes weak. It's unable to stand in the heat of the day, especially when it becomes very hot. And Jesus likens this soil to a person with a shallow heart, with a shallow commitment, a fair-weather disciple. And he says in verse 13, Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. Now, this person doesn't just receive Jesus. They actually receive Jesus with joy. There is penetration. It's not just head knowledge. It's not just theoretical. It's penetrated their heart. They receive Jesus with joy. They come to church. They get excited about Jesus, but they have no root. They have no real commitment. And soon as the time of testing comes, soon as life gets hard and there's persecution, they simply fall away. They can't stand the heat. And there are many people who come to church and they get really excited about Jesus, but soon as life gets hard, soon as life gets busy, they simply fall away because they have no commitment, they have no root. You see, they never really understood what being a follower of Jesus is all about. Being a follower of Jesus is not about getting Jesus to bless your plans. It's not about getting Jesus to help you achieve your goals. It's not about getting Jesus to do what you want him to do. It's about submitting to Jesus and doing his will. It's not about what you can get. It's about what you can give. Being a follower of Jesus as well. Jesus never promises us an easy life. See, many people become a follower of Jesus expecting, well, if I become a follower of Jesus, then life is going to get better. 
I'm going to have a nice, easy life. Jesus never promised us an easy life. In fact, the opposite is often tr- the opposite is often true. When we become a follower of Jesus, life often gets very hard, and there's sometimes they persecute. We get persecuted. Uh, our friends and our work colleagues start ridiculing us and judging us. Life gets hard. Jesus doesn't promise us an easy life. He does promise us a very rewarding life and a very fruitful life, which we'll see later. But he doesn't promise us an easy life. So when life gets hard, we need to persevere. We need to send down our roots. We need to reach out for God. So are you the shallow soil? Do you have a shallow heart? Thirdly, we have the soil with thorns, the divided heart. And in verse, eight, we, uh, verse 7, we read, Other seed fell among the thorns, which, which grew up with it and choked the plants. These rapid-growing thorn bushes, like weeds, would choke out the life of a, a young plant. And Jesus likens this to someone who has a divided heart, compromised heart. And we read in verse 14, The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. So the thorns are likened to life's worries, riches and pleasures. So this person has a divided heart. They've received Jesus, they are committed to Jesus, but they also committed to worldly pleasures and to riches and their life. They have a divided heart. They're worshiping Jesus, but they also worship in their career and worldly pleasures and riches. So they don't fall away. They don't stop coming to church. They stick around. They're still coming to church. But life's worries and pleasures and riches start choking out, start crowding out Jesus in their life. And as a result, they don't see any maturity. You look at your life and you, you don't see uh, your life maturing and growing in your walk with Jesus. You, you don't see any change in your life. You don't see any fruit in your life. You don't see other people's lives being changed through your life. There's no maturity. Oh, oh they are committed to Jesus. There's no going back. But they're not going forward. And so they're miserable. Work's too important. You know your priorities are wrong. You know you desire all these other worldly pleasures and riches. And so you're miserable. Look, we be honest. I mean, we all have a divided heart. Yes, we, we have a heart for God. We want to go for God. But we also have these desires, these worldly desires and passions. God wants us to give Him His best. God wants us to give Him our all. Are you the soil with thorns? Do you have a divided heart? Fourthly, the good soil, the open heart. And we read in verse 8, Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, healed the crop a hundred times more than what was sown. This is good soil. This is deep, soft, fertile soil that the seed can penetrate and can produce an abundant harvest. And Jesus likens this to a person with an open heart. And he says in verse 15, but the seed on but the the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and a good heart they hear the word retain it and by persevering produce a crop 
This is someone who receives the word, retains it, and perseveres. This is someone who receives Jesus and remains committed to Jesus. And as a result, they produce a crop. They, they produce much fruit. Uh, we were told in verse 8, a hundred times more than what was sown. The, the average crop yield was five to fifteen times. A hundred times more. Wow! That's fruitful. But what is the fruit? What is the fruit for, that the good soil produces? Is it money, riches, and fame? Is it having a great life, an easy life? Well, of course not. The parable has already excluded those with the soil in the rocks and the soil with the thorns. So what is this fruit? Inner transformation. Inner transformation of the person who has encountered Jesus, who has received Jesus. It's the natural outworking of that divine seed in your heart is that it produces inner transformation. When you receive Jesus, you, you receive the divine seed. You receive the Holy Spirit. You receive the very presence of God. And just like a seed, it subtly, gently, and organically, slowly starts to change you from the inside out. Produces the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life. And in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, we told that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And the more open we are to Jesus, and the more we just allow Jesus to receive that, that seed in our life, and then when we remain committed to Jesus, and when we persevere, we will get more and more of the fruit of the Spirit in our life. When we become more and more like Jesus, we will love our enemy. We will turn the other cheek. We will start giving to the poor and the needy. We will start treating other people the way we like to be treated. That is is true fruit. That is fruit that lasts. And that is how the kingdom of God is coming into the world. But how do we get an open heart? Sure, I mean, we, we all want to be in the fourth one, don't we? We all want to have an open heart. Perhaps you, you're here and you're thinking, but, but there are thorns in my life. I want an open heart, but there are thorns in my life. Or I've been choked out by all the worries in, in life. Or perhaps you're thinking there are rocks in my life. I, I, I just, there's no root in my life because of the rocks. I, I mean, I want to have commitment. I, I, I just, as soon as things get difficult, I'm there when the going's great, but as soon as it gets tough, I lack that commitment. Or perhaps you're thinking, well, I, I just have a hard heart. My heart is hard. I just reject the word. I just reject Jesus. Oh, I want to have a soft heart. I want to have an open heart, but... They're weeds in my life. They're rocks in my life. What do we do? Do we have to take the rocks out? Do we have to pull all the weeds out? No. That's not our job. It's not the soil's job to get rid of the weeds. It's not the soil's job to get rid of the rocks. It's the farmer's job. It's God's job. The soil's job is just to receive the seed. To receive the seed with an open heart. How do we do that? Well, we say to God, God, there are thorns in my life. Please remove them. God, there are, there, there are rocks in my life. Please take them out. 
God, my heart is hard. Oh God, please, won't you, by your spirit, soften my heart? I will read your word. I will listen to your word. I will hear your word. I will receive your word. I will receive Jesus. I will follow Jesus. I will give you my all. But please, oh God, you need to take those thorns away. You need to take those rocks out. How is God going to respond? He's going to say, I've been waiting for you. I've been waiting for you. I've already taken your thorns on my brow. I've already taken those rocks. They buried me under one. I'll take them away from you. I'm waiting for you. And God will soften your heart. If we ask God to soften our heart, if we come with an open heart, then God will give us his seed and it will find penetration in our heart and it will produce a crop. And it will heal a hundred times what was sown. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we confess that so often we, we want to have this open heart. We even sometimes delude ourselves into thinking we have an open heart. But often our heart is hard towards you. Father, we, we want to follow you. We're committed to you. But we're also committed to so many other things, so many worldly things. We confess that we have a divided heart. We want the best of both worlds. And Father, we confess that there are so many things in our life that are just choking you out and we're not seeing any growth and any maturity. I want you to please take those thorns away. And Father, we confess that there are rocks in our life that sometimes we're shallow in our commitment. As soon as life gets too busy, as soon as it gets too hard, we, we just don't show up. We, we're just not there for you. Won't you forgive us? Father, sometimes we confess that we just have a hard heart Oh, we, we, we understand intellectually. Oh, we understand theoretically. We keep everything at the level of the head, but we don't allow it to penetrate our heart. Heavenly Father, we pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would soften our heart so that your word, your divine seed, would find penetration in our heart that we would receive it. Let's just spend a few moments in silence and just allow God, by his Holy Spirit, to minister to you. Just identify which, which soil are you? Which area do you need to work at? And then just confess that to God and ask God to soften your heart. Spend a few moments in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are such a generous God, that you are a crazy farmer who scatters his seed everywhere, that you welcome everyone, you invite everyone, you want everyone to be part of your kingdom. Father, we pray now that you would soften our hearts so that your seed would find, find a home, would find penetration in our heart. We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.